is Hard Parking, brought to you by Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. On location for this episode, maybe the next two episodes have not decided yet, but I am recording from my hotel room in Hamilton, Ontario. I am your host, Jay Finning. This is kind of an old school type of show. I haven't recorded in a hotel room for a few years. In fact, when I first started this show, it was done exclusively from a hotel room because with me traveling every week, it gave me something to do during the weeks. But while I was doing that, the content of the show was a lot different. I didn't really understand the value in having a stable recording environment. Before I would record, maybe on a Sunday night when I got into town, maybe Monday after I ate, maybe Wednesday after work, and I had everything wrapped up by Wednesday night because I traveled Thursday. And if I didn't, then I recorded the rest of it at home and then I edited the podcast. And what happens is the sound is different. The sound is different depending on, you know, is the air conditioner on, is the air conditioner not on, how close are you sitting to the window when you're in the hotel room? Did you record on the desk last night and now you're recording next to the bed because you're too lazy? And then obviously if you record in a, I recorded once when I was at the gate in Palm Springs and it was terrible. And then when you get home, you try to use the same filters on all the audio to pre-filter before you start like really editing. And you can't do the same filter for everything because it matters, you know, what microphone are you talking into? It matters what's going on in the background. It matters you're speaking because unless you do everything at once, chances are you're going to talk differently. You know, coming up, I have a conversation with Andy Emhoff of the Horsepower Hour podcast, and he's been on the show before I'd have been on his show, but I had to take the call downstairs because the Wi-Fi in this hotel sucks. This Wi-Fi sucks. I had to go down there and download. It took me an hour and a half to download a 1.1 gig file so I can edit Wes Tankersley's podcast. So I set up the microphone and I'm talking to him and Ford recently announced that, you know, if you want to buy a Ford Lightning or any Ford electric vehicles, you have to do it online. No more dealerships. Controversial to the dealerships, the people, this is what they deserve. And the dealerships do it to themselves. But that recording down there is going to sound different than this recording right here from the room. Also, observations, observations of Canada, observations of being the first time back in the office, being on the road. After this word from Four Wheel Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about 4Wheel Online. For over a decade, 4Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands wheels and tires so we'll get outfitted today so visit them online at four wheel online or call them at 813-769-2451 again that's four wheel online the number four wheel online you know before i get into too much of anything i would be remiss if i did not mention that the other day i met up with bob marshall the bob chat he's been on here recently he lives in london london ontario about an hour away from here great guy He's one of those guys, and, and, you know, the Canadians are nice, eh? All the Canadians are nice. Pull up to his house, and, you know, you try to give him the dap, and he goes, no, man, I'm a hug guy. Man, give me a hug. I said, no, no, let me show you how you, we do it in America. Did the whole hand thing where you smack the right hand with their right hand, and then you pull him forward, then you give him that hug. He took me to one of his uh, favorite local dives, Molly Bloom's. It's a cool little Irish-esque bar. Hooked me up, uh, took me to the store. He took care of me, basically. I was like his escort. 
I was a hot escort that came into town, and he took me out on the town, showed me out to all his friends, showed his friends his new arm candy from Arizona, bought me beer, bought me liquor. Incredible host. Wife is awesome. Dog's awesome. His twin boys actually said hello, and they can't even talk yet. He said, hey, guys, say hello to Jay, and they're both like, Do you hear that? They said, oh, my God, it's Jay of Hard Parking, the podcast, the non-automotive automotive podcast. Isn't he from Arizona? It's crazy. Yeah, we got to hang around, and, and who would have thunk, right? I mean, how'd you guys meet? Well, we met each other online. 15, 20 years ago, it was weird-ish, because I met Dwayne, you know, one of my dearest friends. We met online. We met on a car forum. We met up. He had a Honda Accord. I had an Integra GSR, and we went to the movies together. We saw Fast and Furious, the original, when it first came out. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy what online hobbies can lead you to. You know, back in the day, there were creepy little chat rooms, and now they're literally hobbies online, how to meet people, and this was podcasting. Met some really good people podcasting, West Tankersley podcasting. But I was, I was super tired, so as I left London, he goes, hey, man, go to Tim Hortons. There's a Tim Hortons every five feet. He goes, go to Tim Hortons and get a double-double, two cream, two sugar. It'll set you up. I said, well, I, I'm a cafe Americano guy, but all right. So I go to Tim Hortons. I say, hey, let me get the biggest cafe Americano you guys make and do it double-double style. I'm thinking style, like animal style, like what's that, in and out You know, you order your food animal style, and it comes slathered and all sorts of shit, I think. I don't know. I've never done it. Get some little micro donuts while I'm at it, like a little apple fritter. Feeling hungry. Need to make the drive home. That's the thing. I'm working these 12-hour shifts. Sometimes it's 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sometimes it's 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. We'll fuck with you. Goes and hand me my stuff. There's my cafe Americano, and here's my large double-double. I ended up with two coffees. So it wasn't double-double style. It's a double-double, a large coffee with two cream, two sugars, and the cafe Americano. I said, hey, uh, I actually didn't, I mean, I thought I was, uh, never mind. So I decided to have fun the other day. I have no time. Well, there's, there's, a, there's no time and then there's procrastination. First off, let me tell you guys. So I go into LCBO, which is the government-owned liquor store. First one I go into right by a Walmart, I have to go get some recording equipment because I didn't bring, I mean, I have this microphone and everything on me right now, but as far as recording, when you're doing rental car reviews, I don't, I didn't bring like a, a small microphone that I could have plugged in. Actually, I could have bought one, but I didn't. I whiffed. I whiffed on a lot of stuff. So I don't go to currency exchange or nothing. So I go, I go into the LCBO and my God, I walk over to the cabinet. And they have like eight bottles of Nika from the barrel, which I haven't seen since I was in Texas in 2019. There's places you can find it, but I just, you can't find it anywhere in Arizona, it seems. I was like, holy shit. And then right behind it, there were 10, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 bottles of Blanton's bourbon. Now, Blanton's, it's the one with the little horse on top and every bottle has a horse and it's a different uh, pose. It spells out the word Blanton. So there's a little letter that's stamped in the bottom of the top. And that's a big thing. People collect the toppers because they want to spell Blanton's. If you spell the word Blanton's and you send it off to Buffalo Trace and they, for, and they will put it in one of the little thingamajiggers and send it back to you for free. Or you can pay a little extra money for one that says Blanton's. Took me a few years to collect mine. Finally got them all collected about a year and a half ago. Sitting in the top dresser. At home, I still have not sent them off. Anyway, 
So I'm losing my mind. I'm like, holy shit, there's 10 bottles of Blanton's. That's how they do it here. That's how they do it in the LCBO, Canada, north of the border. Canada's good for something. Tim Hortons and, and Blanton's, LCBO. So I'm calling everyone. I'm like, hey, Wes, check this shit out, bro. I tell my wife. So Bob chats like, man, you guys have this Blanton shit. I'm going to come back and get one. I'm going to go to a few other LCBOs, though. I'm going to be out here for a few weeks. I got to buy another suitcase. This is insane. I guess you guys just have it like that. Because in the States, it's hard as hell to get in some parts of the country. Arizona, most parts of the country, unless you're at Buffalo Trace in their gift shop. Maybe they have it. I don't know. I haven't been there. Future trip. So I leave. I don't bait. I don't buy shit. Telling everybody about it. Two days later, I'm going to go buy some shit to take it to Bob. When I go out there to see him, go in there, gone. All 10 of them, gone. Download the app, gone. I just happened to have been there at the right place at the right time. I just, I went to all these other LCBOs, spent like literally half a day going. And you could have checked the app, but it's no fun. And plus, sometimes the online inventory isn't correct. I know that from fucking with Home Depot all the time. Uh, what are you looking for, sir? Uh, I'm looking for this really cool light switch. We don't have any. Oh, really? Online it says there's six. Yeah, we don't have any. Okay, cool. So I don't trust that shit. So I'm driving around to all these LCBOs, checking the app just in case. Nope, nope, nope. I go back to the original store. Just in case, you know, because it's limit two per person. So I go back to the original store just in case they yank them and they're, they're holding them somewhere. Now, I know that sounds stupid, but the very first time I bought this limited edition, without knowing it was limited edition, Habiki, I found them out on the floor. I took the box down, opened it, took one to the front, paid for it, came back, and they were all gone because they had moved them to the front in the cabinet, limit one per person. So I was like, well, maybe, because at first I thought someone bought all 10, but maybe they have them behind the counter. I told the lady there, I said, yeah, I was in here a couple of days ago, and they had 10 of them. She goes, ah. Boy, you did you ever screw up? It's like, yeah, she's right though. Apparently, I just I was just in the right place at the right time. I'm never gonna see that again. Ten balls of blends. I was gonna buy two. I would have given one to Bob and kept one. Sorry, Wes, I would have kept the other one. I never find him, but I was able to get Wes a bottle of the uh, the Nika from the barrel. Half of those are gone. I got some shit to bring back. From Canada, I went back and bought a 15-year age statement of one of the ones that uh, that Bob gave me. He got me a bottle of uh, Gibson's Finest. So I started doing some research. This is a 12-year statement. But I ended up buying a 15 of the J.P. Weisers. And when you look online, the Gibson's and the J.P. Weisers, those are some of the best Canadian whiskeys that money can buy. So apparently, the, they do make good whiskey up here. It's not just classic Canadian, I think, or... I mean, Crown Royal is the most popular Canadian whiskey without question, at least in the United States. Proper 12 is a good Irish whiskey. But, uh, you know, it's funny. So we're, we're walking, you know, Bob and I, going back to that real quick. We're in the store and he's showing me all this stuff and he's got a pretty good collection. And I'm learning stuff, right? Because, I mean, I don't, you know, it's Canadian whiskey with some, what is it, E&J? No, that's, that's brandy. There's some other Canadian whiskey that's pretty popular. My uncle used to drink it. So we're talking about liquor, and I go, oh, yeah, look, there's a big bottle. I was like, you know it's shit if it comes in a plastic bottle. 
And it's weird because here they sell a lot of these little half ones. Like, you know, in the States, almost everyone is the, the 750 and you have to go to like a special little section of total wine to get like the little 370s, 375s. Here they're everywhere. It's like 50, 50 on the shelf. Half of them are the little 375s. Half of them are the 750s. And so this little bottle of JP Weiser she gave me is like in a little plastic bottle. He's like, ah, I'm sorry. It's in the plastic bottle, man. You said that. And I was like, fuck. I just started laughing. I was like, Hey, it's, you know, it's different. That doesn't mean it's, yeah, I, there was really no way for me to walk that back. But I was really talking about, you know, you can get some of the bigger bottles, like the the Seagram 7 that my old man used to drink, you know, when he was alive. And the bigger bottles of that are plastic. You know, you get the bigger bottles of some of the low-end whiskeys are plastic, and a lot of the big bottles of vodka are plastic, and they're always shitty. But research suggests this J.P. Weiser's is not shitty, and I trust the man. So I'm going to have a good time with it. It's going to be good. Oh, so back to eating. Sorry, I got sidetracked. So I go to this place, and it says on the door, cash and debit. All right, cool. No cash. I haven't gone to the currency exchange yet. Uh, eventually took care of that because of this story, this experience. Debit. I got debit. My card says credit slash debit. Looks kind of like the one on the picture. Sit down, have some pho, really good pho. You know when pho is good, when you don't have to add sriracha or anything to it? The pho broth was good. The needles were good. The uh, meatballs that I always get when I order pho, these were smaller. Like they came out of a, a, a can of, you know, Chef Boyardee spaghetti and meatballs. Little dense, like they were made last month. But overall, it's pretty good. Go to pay. Mm-mm. No one takes American Express around here. But both debit cards, uh-uh. I go, well, it says right here debit. And he goes, no, no, we don't take debit. Is that debit? And he was a kid. He's probably like 18, 19, doesn't know shit. I go, yeah, it says debit right here on the card. Like Canada? No, United States. Oh, we only take Canada debit. What? When is debit not debit? When it's in Hamilton. That's when debit's not debit. I had no money. But I did have American dollars. I ended up having to go to the car. I go, look, man. I'll just pay you in American dollars. He goes, uh, okay. And they're, they're actually winning here because of the exchange rate. The U.S. dollar is still worth more than the Canadian dollar. Not a lot, but just enough. So I paid for my meal plus tip, and I gave him a dollar extra. It would have been 29 Canadian after tip. I gave him $30 USD. But there's a couple different ways this could have gone. You know, in understanding my situation, I don't look like a bum. It's like, look, option A Look, man, I understand. Don't worry about it. We'll get your meal today. That's fine. You know, if you come back and pay us, you can come back and pay us at some point, but don't worry about it. We'll comp it out. Not a big deal. It's just a bowl of soup and a, and a cup of coffee. That's all I ordered. And a fried spring roll, egg roll thing. It's really good. The other thing is, okay, well, why don't you leave something here, identifiable, that you have to come back for. You go back, you go out, and you get some real money, and you pay for it, and we'll give you your item back. You can do that. But those looking at the kid, those weren't options. He wasn't uh, advanced enough in life to have figured that out. So I just paid. I, I kind of read the moment. And I go, look, I'll just, uh, how about I do this? I'm offering resolutions. Okay. All right. Because they can just go out on a currency exchange, get their money. Plus the 4 or $5 difference it would have been, you know, in their favor, of course. Had an instance once when I was working in Boise. Kind of the, 
not really that, but there was a, there's a Thai place there that I liked a lot. We used to always go there. And uh, they don't accept American Express. No real Asian place does. Fees. It's funny. That's how you know if it's authentic, if they don't accept American Express. They accept American Express. Sketchy. But, I, I, you know, that, I was like, hey, uh, you guys don't take American Express? We haven't ordered yet. We're just coming to the door. They go, no. I go, okay. No worries. We'll go somewhere else. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. wait. We'll do it. And they did it. They did it, and they paid the extra fee. But that's another way to do it. You can either tell the customer buy, or you can say, okay, well, we'll make that exception for you. The owner will make that exception to run your card. And that's what they did. The card, the number, they called the number in for validation instead of their machine saying, eh, eh. and, uh, you know, that was the difference. They took care of it. It was learning, though, because I told my wife about it. She goes, well, don't they take an American dollar? I go, honey, I'm in Ontario, Canada. I'm like inland. This isn't a border city, border town. Well, they took it in Mexico. I go, well, yeah, in Mexico, they took it in Cabo. Is Cabo Mexico? It is, but it isn't. 100% of the industry in Cabo, 100% is tourism. There's not someone there that farms. Nobody farms there. Everybody in Cabo works for the tourism trade. And you can buy stuff with American dollars. She goes, well, what about when we're in Italy? And I go, I'm pretty sure we went through currency exchange or we used a credit card. I don't remember ever doing it. Last time I was in Toronto was for our honeymoon, that was 2004. And she's convinced we didn't go to currency exchange. I'm convinced we did. And you can look it up. It says no. In Canada, they want you to use the Canadian dollar. They don't want you, you, they don't want you to use the U.S. dollar. But she's convinced that we were in uh, Italy, we used American dollars. And maybe we did over there, I don't know. Don't remember. Earlier, I actually found a uh, currency exchange that's open every day. And they have fees. And I said, you know what? It would have cost me. I ended up getting shorted like three bucks Canadian if I would have gone to the normal bank. The girl's like, well, you know, it's, it's going to cost you $2 more here. I go, you know what? I'll, I'll do it for the convenience. Because I've gone to a couple of places where I've had to swap out my personal debit card instead of my credit card. Or I've tried to pay for parking and you have to download the app. And sometimes the, the, uh, the AT&T connection is garbage. And so it just says, fail to connect, fail to connect, fail to connect. So you're always running a risk unless you just take care of it. So I end up just taking care of it. Coming up, Andy Imhoff is back from the Horsepower Hour. We're going to talk a little bit about cars. Andy Imhoff, been a long time, brother. How's Florida treating you? Jay, I'm loving it, dude. I'm loving it. Um, it's really nice here. Obviously, it was nice in Arizona. Um, so glad that we were able to come through and see you guys. But I am loving Florida, man. It's nice. It's sunny. The humidity is not killing me the way I thought it would, which is surprising because I'm fat. Well, you're you're up there though too. You're not like this. Down, well, yeah, you know, you're not down yeah. on the head of the head of the uh, call it penis. It looks like the tip of the spear. How's that? The tip of the spear. Yeah. And Florida, <laughs> Florida, Florida never looks excited. That's that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you in the news, though, so I don't know if you're really fully embracing what it is to be Florida man. Not yet. Not yet. All of my friends keep asking me to. Here's what I got to do. I got to buy a boat, and then I have to break the boat and park it in my front yard. And then I have to blow the boat up, uh, either by shooting at it or maybe filling it with Tannerite or something like that. And then I need to let all of the local children come and play on the now-ruined boat. That would give me true Florida man status. I think you would break into the ranks for that one, but... uh 
So um, Ford, uh, the Ford Lightning, Ford in general, starting to order vehicles online. Tell us a little bit about that. This is the craziest thing ever, man. And personally, I think this is huge news. I think this could be a real change to the automotive industry as we know it. So let's roll it back a little bit. Uh, February 7th, Ford sent out an internal memo, essentially uh, telling their dealerships, hey, you have to stop with these markups and, and price gouging. Uh, I have a quick article from The Truth About Cars. Car manufacturers have begun asking dealerships to take it easy on the price gouging. General Motors made it to plea last week last week as of February 7th, mm-hmm. and Ford has followed up by reiterating its own concerns. The Oval is worried that dealer markups are tainting its relationship with customers, with top execs making casual references to the trend even back as far as November of last year. CEO Jim Farley is now telling dealers that they need to cut it out, lest they be punished by the manufacturer. And we all know that dealerships did not do that. We've seen nothing but ever increasing they call them market adjustments you know you've probably seen it on new vehicles that you look at where it has a little section that says either dealer markup or market Market adjustment something like that and it's getting out of hand bro it's getting out of hand i we have a photo that was posted in the horsepower hour podcast group you know one of our listeners posted it and it was a brand new vehicle Mm -hmm. that was sixty eight thousand dollars and the market adjustment was also sixty eight thousand dollars And it was just like, well, wait a minute. How do you expect to sell this thing? And that's how people are feeling right now. They're feeling backed into a corner. Like either you pay this outlandish price, these dealer markups, or you just don't get a new car. And we all know what's going on with the used car market. Mm -hmm. Well, Ford, like you said, they just announced last week, they want all EV sales to be 100% online. Uh, Ford head Jim Farley said the brand's electric vehicles will shift to fixed prices and completely online sales. We got to go to non-negotiable price, said Farley. Uh, He also used his speech through some jabs at competitors, which, hey, you know, you have to. But uh, this is, there is, they're not announcing that this is because of everything going on with dealers. But come on, we know. It's it's a connection, right? And you know you know it's a connection. Yeah, I guess they can't legally say that, uh, but I think one of the mis uh, misunderstandings or whatnot that people seem to have, and you kind of hit the nail on the head, is the relationship is getting ruined with the consumer, mm-hmm. and these manufacturers are doing it. Well, the manufacturers really all they can do is take away allocations because all these ind- these dealerships, whether it's a independent dealership or independent dealership group. You know, it's basically the manufacturers work for them. It's not the other way around. And we've had that a lot happen with, especially with the, the handling of the launching of the NSX, the Type S. It wasn't perfect, but at the same time, you know, no one's come up with a, a solution that would work for everyone. And that's just part of the problem. But then, you know, the dealerships want 50, 60 over, and then people are pissed off at Acura. It's like Acura can't do anything about that. They can just threaten to take allocations away. Yeah. Yeah. And I would argue, I mean, allocations for such a sought after vehicle, I'm going to use the Ford Bronco, for example, people are still waiting for their Ford Broncos that they ordered a year ago. Uh, We have a friend, you can actually hear his story over on the Horsepower podcast about he ordered a Bronco, I think he was a third day order, and waited the better part of a year to get his Bronco. And then he found out that it had arrived at the dealership. They put it on the showroom and they were trying to sell it to people for $8,000 more than what he had allocated it for. And uh, when he got there and found out that they were trying to sell it out from underneath of him, they forced him to buy like a paint protection and um, 
some kind of like, I think it was nitrogen filled tires and stuff like they forced him. They said, if you do not do these things, if you don't buy these add ons, we will uh, sell the truck out from underneath you. Basically, like you don't get it. And of course, he's got a this is David Boyd from All Terrain Media. So he's got a huge platform and he just went on there and said, hey, here's what happened at my local Ford dealership. They brought him back in and said, oh, my gosh, we're so sorry. Sure they did. Uh, we want to yep. fix it. But then where does that leave you as just a normal person? Like, what if you're just a, a regular person? Exactly. And you feel completely screwed by the Ford dealership and there's nothing you can do. That Ford, happened. GM, Hyundai, whatever. That actually happened to my buddy who picked up a, uh, an NSX Type S. They strong-armed him. They said, you will pay. You want to, We want this much more and you have to go through us financing or we're going to sell it to somebody else. And he had to drive up there to Vegas, kind of get into it with them just played their game. But then when the satisfaction survey came out, you know, he asked me what he should do. And I said, these people know who you are. The people that are really important know who you are. Tell them, tell them everything. And, uh, yeah, he got, I said, if they care, they're going to reach out to you. And they, he got five or six calls the next morning from corporate. And we're pretty sure that they sent the VP over there because all of a sudden he had gone on uh, Instagram about a road trip to Las Vegas, just like literally the day after. But again, that's because, People might know who you are, or in the case of your buddy, he's got, you know, a lot of influence and these dealerships yep. are the ones that are doing it to themselves. I mean, it's, it's what the mindset is. Well, we market up because people are going to pay for it. And I understand yep. that, but at the same time, you know, kind of screwing people over and screwing yourselves over in the end, finally. And he, here's the thing, Jay, dealerships truly are in the crosshairs for Ford. Uh, at the IBM conference speech, when uh, Jim Farley announced this, he described a future where Ford dealerships would no longer stock inventory, but simply serve as customer service centers for picking up online orders or repairing existing vehicles with, of course, the option for a customer to simply have a home delivery in a hypothetical scheme that would virtually eliminate car dealerships or at least the haggling side of the salespeople. That's that's huge. And, and trust me, man, I know car salesmen. Like I'm, I'm friends with guys that work at dealerships. I'm friends with people that honestly, I think are probably pretty good salesmen, try to take care of their customers, but, but they're in it for the bag. Right. And again, we call it a dealership for a reason. Right. This is not anything new. We all yeah. know that everything dealerships from service kinda, to sales, they're kind of out to screw you. And it's like, I don't, what, what exactly do you want us to do? I don't want to see this huge segment of probably some of the worst people on the planet losing their jobs. <laughs> right. But there's some good people out there too. It, there are some good people out there, but, but I mean, man, mm -hmm. this is, this is not a good situation that we're in. And with Ford taking this huge, huge step. And uh, like you brought up before, you know, people keep saying, well, they can do it just fine. That's what Tesla does. And I always have to remind people like Tesla's got three cars. They have three models that they <laughs> right. sell and, and they've been using the online sales uh, medium since they started. It, it didn't matter to them uh, that they started with, you know, 10,000 cars a year sales. They, they had that system in place that they, they started with that system in place. And so not very profitable either kind of, for the most part of their Tesla's run. Well, yeah, they make most of their money selling their carpet credits, but that's that's a whole other right. story. The point I'm trying to make to people, though, is seeing Ford make this kind of change. This is so much bigger because they're already selling 600,000 of these vehicles a year. They're EVs. 
And so for them to just step right into that rather than having the system grow with them like it did Tesla, it's apples and oranges. It's not the same. Well, we have you. What are your thoughts on the Rivian? I listened to your your podcast. You did an interview also with a female journalist and friend. That was a really good episode. You guys kind of started talking about kind of the EV or I forgot what the terminology was for the Jeep as well. But, you know, what are your thoughts on the Rivian? I think the Rivian can be very, very good. You know, the big concern, of course, is when you have an off-road vehicle that's all electric, how do you get power to it? So planning out your trips and how long it's going to take and what the climate's going to be like, all of those things are going to take a lot more um, consideration sure. when you're when you're going out and trail riding. Personally, I don't see anything wrong with it because like I said, when we had uh, Mercedes Lilenthal on the horsepower hour, when you have an all-electric off-road vehicle, essentially every wheel is its own Hall Effect sensor. It's mm-hmm. sending back tens of thousands of packets of data to the central computer every single second. And, you know, within with cars the way we have them, of course, everything works very fast and we appreciate that. But it's wheel speed sensors, seeing that one wheel slipping and another one's not. And so now it needs to uh, compress the brakes. And so the, the braking system's involved. And I mean, there's a lot of different things going on. Whereas when you have an electric motor, it it can just change polarity and it, that will come to an immediate stop. It brings you to an immediate stop, you know. So um, I think that just from a technological standpoint, we're going to see some very, very capable all-electric off-road vehicles. And another thing is the packaging. You don't have a traditional engine and transmission. You've got electric motors. And so your your packaging constraints can be very, very different, you know. Um, do you want portal axles? Well, what if we have, uh, you know, axial motors for hubs instead? You want, um, you know, you want fully independent suspension. We got you. It's no problem. The the packaging constraints are don't follow the same metric that they do with just a conventional vehicle. And so I honestly think people should be excited to see off-road vehicles. And, and again, sorry, we're talking about the Rivian. I'm coming right back around to the Rivian. Basically by saying this, I think that it's already proven itself to be very capable on-road and off-road and as battery technology improves and hopefully changes to the point where we don't have, you know, child miners that are digging cobalt out of the ground with their bare hands, you know, once we can get past some of right. those issues, then I think that uh, this could be a very, very good sign. And I think Rivian is a sign of some really good times ahead. And quite frankly, I think the Ford Lightning pickup yeah, is nice. a good sign, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw Rivian in my neighborhood about three weeks ago at the grocery store. I couldn't decide if I really liked it because I hadn't seen one before and it just looked so different, you know, mm-hmm. or when I got home and started looking into it a little bit more and seeing all this, the pastor storage and the, the, it's like now with the truck, you don't have to throw anything, everything in the cabin with you or in the bed, you know, before it was like cabin or bed and you just open up that yeah. trunk and you put fucking everything in there short of a four by eight sheet of, uh, you know, construction board. And yes, you did just hear a grown man say frunk. That's right, man. I'm all about the frunk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, towing capacity, like and just saying, just to touch on it real quick, it is off the charts, but it's, it's great. And until you start thinking about, you've now lost two thirds of your, um, your Your available power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, good talking to you, man. Thanks. Yeah. Not a problem, brother. Thanks for having me. And, um, 
if uh, people want to check out what we're doing, you'll hit them with the links. I'll hit them with the horsepower hour with Andy Imhoff and Corey Sinclair. Hell yeah. Overland AF. So I got to tell you about my rental car. It's been a long time since I've done a rental car on the road. In fact, it's the whole reason it was Jay's rental car of the week was because I was traveling all the time. Those of you newer to the show, newer as in, I don't know, the last two years when I used to travel all the time, I'm not traveling anymore. But it was interesting. I went to go pick out a rental car and, you know, I do national. I have the executive member premium, whatever it is, to where you can, for the price of an intermediate size rental, you can pick whatever you want with the exception of like those the markups. There's always got to be something for the people that already have everything. They want you to pay extra money for. It's like when you're like, I fly American airlines typically. And when I get the top status that I can earn, there's still one more tier that they give you. You can't buy your way to the tier. They just decide to give it to you. Well, probably for you having a kajillion miles and spending a kajillion dollars, but still you can't technically like I could fly Every week for three years, I may never get that status because I'm not flying first class, stuff like that. So car rentals are the same. So I'm going and I, and, and I love national rental car. They usually always have some of the cooler cars. Hertz is pretty good at times when you get the Hertz president circle. Some, you know, I get out and, you know, the lot's kind of full so I get out and then the lot has, you know, 50% of the cars there. And they're all like these Ford Edges or Ford Escapes and Hyundai Santa Fe and, and something else. And they're all the same size, like kind of small crossover SUVs. I'm just kind of looking at them like, come on. So then you start looking for something that's familiar. Familiar enough. Because you, know, you guys know me. Ideally, it's like, okay, in another country, pick out a rental car. It's going to be American. I don't even know if Canada has like special Canada Fords and Canada Chevys and Canada whatever, but it's got to be something nice. And I'm sure the Hyundai Santa Fe is nice, but it's not nice. I just, I don't know. So I walked back and forth and we do this thing. You walk back and forth for 10, 15 minutes. My wife thinks I'm crazy. She's just going to hop in the car and leave. But even when she's with me, walk back and forth because eventually they're going to, they're going to pull up in something at least a little nicer. And so lo and behold, around the corner, it's a Ford Explorer. Now, I know some of you are like, Ford Explorer, big whoop. I like Ford Explorers. I used to rent them often when I was working in New Jersey. If there's nothing else available that I, you know, I don't want to say if nothing else is available. I don't like renting the same vehicle over and over and over. I want to experience something new. But the Ford Explorer is one of those vehicles that I picked multiple times. This was uh, 2018, maybe 2019, 2019. This was a 2022 Ford Explorer. It was one of the biggest cars they had. I hopped in, I'm driving it, and, you know, I like the car. I like the car because it's familiar. I, I like the Ford Explorers. I like their styling. I don't have one because it looks like a cop car. I know that sounds really weird to not, you know, seriously think about picking up a vehicle. Third row seats. It's got the button where you can store the third row and for luggage. Not that I need that for myself. But it has, you know, navigation. It has everything you would want. Apple CarPlay. It's got the USB-C and the USB standard. I usually travel with a USB-C lightning connector for the iPhone, but that's what I've had all week. And, you know, this next weekend, my wife's going to be here. So I have to take the car and drop it off and swap it out because 
you know, I can't expect the company to pay for my car when the assignment is technically over and then I should be flying back. Plus, hopefully they'll have something else and I can swap into something a little more sporty because these parking spots here in Hamilton, Ontario, pretty small. Parking garage, underground, always small. I've been backing into parking spots. You have to back in. That's how small the spots are because you're never going to get out if you pull in normally. And I open my door real softly and it touches the car next to me. And then you have to get out and it kind of pushes the car. But that's the only, only thing you can do. And in fact, tonight, when I parked, once you lock the Explorer, the mirrors fold in. And that's the only reason I can kind of get around the other mirror of the car next to me. Because I have my backpack from work. But it's a pretty nice car. But you know why I picked the Ford Explorer? Because they didn't have nothing else. And as I'm pulling out the exit, I look at Alamo, which Alamo usually doesn't have anything. All they have is like, they've got rows and rows of these little micro Mercedes. I would have loved to have taken one of those things out. I would have loved to, just because I haven't seen one before. Now, the hardcore Mercedes people are like, oh, it's a wussy little car. But still, it's a Mercedes. I don't think I've, I'm not used to driving those. And that's definitely something, and I would have been able to park a lot easier. But apparently, Alamo rental car at Pearson Toronto Airport, that's the one you want. National rental car, they don't have shit. Except for a Ford Explorer if you wait around. You know, I talked about this a long time ago. Most of you have never heard this rant. What is it with you people when you get rental cars and you turn the base all the way up? This isn't 1996. Which, by the way, if you, if you get in the rental car and you turn the base all the way up and then you turn the treble all the way up and then you turn the mid all the way up, you've done nothing but just make everything louder. You adjust it. I don't even think, I, I don't, personally, I don't think they should have that anymore. They should just do presets. Just like my Jabra earbuds, voice, a bass booster, you know, uh, symphony music, whatever the case is. They should just have presets, and then it is what it is, and you can turn that volume up or down. But for everyone who slides it all the way, and of course, no one's going to, you know, obviously reset it when you turn the car back. There's nothing worse than driving around and it's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm an old man. Maybe I'm an old man. But that's annoying. That's very annoying. Couple observations, being back in the office for the first time in a few years. People love leaving their Keurig, their empty Keurig cups, their K-cups in the Keurig machine. And if they're not leaving their cups in the machine, they're leaving the water empty. Come on, man. People, you have to be better than that. If the thing is even half full, you might as well just fill it up, put it back on the thing, make a cup of coffee, open it up, take your empty K-cup while it's steaming hot, throw it in the trash, Grab your cup and leave. These people are messy. We're going to go live. There's people coming in from all over the place. My friend Rebecca calls them the epic kids. They're all age 22 to 25, typically. They went straight from high school to college, college to work. No real life experience. Sloppy as fuck. Leave shit everywhere. Trash everywhere. Coffee drippings everywhere. They set up these big old coffee things like 
I don't even know how to describe them. It's almost like you'd see on, if they were to serve sports teams coffee, they'd be in these containers. They're these giant, like medical grade plastic, almost like igloo that dispenses coffee. And there's a whole row of them. By the way, I wanted to take a piece of paper and write, one of these is decaf. And just leave it out there. Fuck everybody up. But people pour their coffee and then they stop. It's got the little handle and there's coffee all over the floor. Like people aren't cleaning. Like, come on, guys. You got to be better than that. Some adults are doing it too. Not me. One thing I noticed about Hamilton, Ontario, everywhere I go, 90s rock, older American hits, some hip hop. Does Canada not have its own music? Sure. Uh, Justin Bieber, which by the way, there's a Tim Hortons every five feet. And they have like this special like Bieber bites or something. I think they're donut holes. It's all about Bieber around here. But one thing is American music is globally adored. If you didn't know, you know now. There's other countries that don't speak a leak. There's other countries where people don't speak a lick of English, but they know every word to every song. American. It's amazing. Also, malt vinegar for fries is a thing. Ordered a burger the other day at a place called the Anchor Bar. Brought the burger out, fries. Do you want any malt vinegar for your fries? I said, what? I said, that's a thing? They go, yeah. That's a thing. They go, yeah. I asked my buddy, Bob, is that a thing? He said, absolutely. Malt vinegar for your fries. And it's not bad. I did it. Went in Rome. When, when in Canada, I, I, it's not something I would go home to Arizona and start asking people for malt vinegar. Would you like ketchup? No. Do you have malt vinegar? They're going to look at you like you're fucking nuts. I've been trying to, uh, I'll be honest with you guys. I brought some hard parking stickers, the kind that come in the big roll. Like they kind of usually slide into envelopes. I give away at shows. I brought a few and I'm, I'm driving around town. I'm spotting like looking places like, we can I stick a sticker there. I want to plant these around town. But I'm looking for a place that already has a bunch of stickers on it. Some of them are half ripped off. I don't want to find something, something that's perfectly clean because if it's clean, chances are it's going to get ripped right off. Someone's going to see it. Someone from the city, someone's going to rip it right off. But if you see something in kind of the art, artsy district, uh, people district, people walking all over the place, that's where you want to slap that sticker. Let me know if you want some hard parking stickers. Walk around your city and slap them on shit. And then take a photo. You take a photo of it. And I would like to be able to rotate that on the hard parking violations Facebook page as the wallpaper. How about that? So let me know. You could text me if you know me. Hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com if you don't. So I went out to eat. Here's the deal. It's, it's, it's funny. I have a per diem. It's like seven Canadian a day, which is like, what, 50, $55. Not much. I blew past it. I went to have a steak dinner someplace, glass of wine. My bill was like 130 Canadian. Didn't get an itemized bill. Can't claim any of it. So I ate that one. That hurt. Guys, I got a joke for you. I'll tell you the joke. I have a joke for you. You have to be a Star Wars fan to appreciate it. You have to know a little bit about Canada to appreciate it. And I'm going to tell it to you after the closing. So if you listen to this podcast to the very end, 
as the music plays, as I'm thinking, everybody, I'm thinking all of you, I'm telling you to subscribe, telling you all yada yada. I'll tell you the joke at the end of that. And you're going to like it. You're going to really like it. I want to thank Andy Emhoff of Horsepower Hour Podcast. You can catch that podcast every week. They also are on YouTube. So that's horse, the Horsepower Hour. You'll see uh, like the logo is like gray and, and blue. And yeah, it'll be Horsepower Hour, horsepower hour with Andy Emhoff and, uh, and, and Coy Sinclair. Then I, uh, this, this is not a trip I wanted to go on. Um, some of you know why, especially if you are a, a, one of the patrons, I'm not going to tell you, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash hard parking podcast and sign up to support the show. But I, what I can say is for those who have done that over the past year and plus the corporate sponsors, I've been able to save up money and spending on things, spend it on things like this external recorder, like this microphone. The microphone stand. When I started this two and a half years ago, I didn't have any of that, and that's why the podcast sounded like shit. Actually, I did have a, uh, a Zoom H5 uh, portable recorder, and this is a Zoom Podtrack P4. But I want to thank Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona, Fountain Hills Motorsports, Four Wheel Online, Patreon business supporter out of Winter Garden, Florida, Puya Automotive, as well as Pell Construction out of Caledonia, Michigan. I want to thank Mark Stolman. Catherine Cox, I'm going off memory here, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Drew Bunkley, Vajazza McDildertits, sorry, Bo Jung, Byron Jones, Alex Gumina. Number eight, number eight, Alex Gumina. You can follow me on Instagram at jfending, that's J-H-A-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G. Name is on the show. Follow the Hard Parking Podcast on YouTube and the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group. Leave a review everywhere, guys. It helps so much. I can't grow without you telling the world how good this show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. And if you think I forgot, let me tell you my joke. But you have to know Canada. You have to know Star Wars. What's a Jawa's favorite thing to eat when in Canada? The answer? Poutini! Which, by the way, I heard it's actually called Putin. A beater. Shut up!